in uh, the New Testament, there's a church called, in a town called Thessalonica, and some people died in their church, and Paul uh, writes to them, because there were some other people who were saying, hey, this is it. You just, you grow into the ground, and, and that's it. And he writes them to say that indeed is not true, that Christ raised from the dead, and how much more will he bring us to be with the Father, just like he said. And the reason that he writes, he says plainly, he says, because I don't want you to grieve like those who have no hope. He never tells us not to grieve. In fact, Jesus himself grieved greatly at the loss of his friend Lazarus and the emotions for the family, even though he knew that he was raising him from the dead the next day. Grieving, yes, but not like those who don't have hope. Um, Thanks for being with us here at K2 this morning. Um, As we grieve, again, we just trust exactly what Dave said, that what Paul said is true, is that it's better to be with the Lord than to be here. I'll work here, I'll serve here, I'll be on mission here, but I cannot wait to be in his presence. And and for those of us who follow Christ, that is, uh, that is the hope. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit as well. Hey, um, we're talking about rain this week. And if you have never prayed for rain, you might have in this last week, right? Whether it was for you and your heat or whether it was for Colorado or whether it was for Idaho or Harriman. Uh, man, these fires that we're seeing, they just keep coming, Right? We've had a couple here on Friday night. We lost a few houses. Here's a picture of uh, the fire that started up on Friday in Harriman. And those pictures are going to roll. You've seen these all week. This is what happens when, when we have summer and no rain, right? It's been over a month since it rained, I think, here. And isn't it, quick, isn't it amazing how, like, eight weeks ago we can feel stuck in spring? And now we feel like we're living in an oven, right? And we wanted summer here so desperately. How many of you have a perfect climate? Like you know the temperature you enjoy the most. How many of you have that, right? Okay, good. And um, I'm going to tell you mine, and some of the guys are going to think that's higher than theirs or whatever. I, I like 85, okay? Those of you Midwesterners, I don't like sticky hot 85, okay? I just, I like either beach 85 or like here 85. I like it, okay? I like to be warm and um, I just, I like that. But, uh, but most of you, no matter what your perfect climate is, okay, how many of you are in the 70s, by the way? 70s? How many are in the 60s? Anybody in the 60s? Rocking, okay, cool. Um, anybody in the 80s? 80s, okay. How about 90s? Who likes the 90s? Okay, a few, very cool. All right. There's nobody above the 90s, is there? Like nobody likes 100 the most, right? All right. So, um, all right. So anyways, um, so here's the thing. No matter what your perfect climate is, I guarantee it doesn't include constant rain. I guarantee it doesn't even include rain. How many of you, does rain included in your perfect climate? Rain all day, yeah? Okay. You guys are all liars. All right. Okay. So, uh... So here we go. Most of us don't include rain constantly in our perfect climate. Some of us like it. And um, if we were just to turn the clocks back like 150 years, what would we know? What would we know about rain? We know we need it, right? All of us would either like be farmers or we'd have a farm just outside of town. Like all of history until 150 years ago. Like we live and die by rain. Rain is that illustration. Rain is that real. For us, it's like, how many of you think you've, you've had more than a hundred of these already this summer? 
I, get, I feel like I've had 500 of these this summer. Like, I drink a ton of these. There's a stack of them in our garage. And, like, when it starts getting low, I'm like, where did the water go, you know? I mean, it, like, that pile is supposed to just appear there, you know? And, um, and it comes this way. I drink a ton of these. How many of you, uh, like, are just frustrated that you have to fix or adjust the sprinkler system once a year, right? Like, we don't even like doing that, much less having to drag the hose out and do that whole thing or whatever. Like, we just take water for granted, and it only takes a few weeks without water, and we're on fire. Like, we need rain. We know we need it this week, right? We know we need rain. And so as we come to rain this week, it's really interesting to think about this um, and to really say, okay, God, why did you create rain, and, and why is that the way it is? All right, so we're just going to jump, for lack of time, we're just going to jump right into the scriptures. Uh, I'm going to pray, and then if, uh, if you have uh, your Bibles, uh, you can open to Genesis 2. If you don't have your Bibles and you have your phone, you can uh, check it out on your phone on the YouVersion Bible app, and I think the notes from the sermon will be on there as well. If you don't have either of those, you can look on the screen. I'm going to pray and ask that God would teach us from his word. God, my prayer is genuinely that you would, you'd like rain down truth on us, that we would have your truth come into us through your Holy Spirit. Your word says that we can't understand this on our own, that we can't change on our own. So I'm asking God that you would teach us, that you would illuminate the scriptures to us, that through your Holy Spirit you'd teach today. In Jesus' name, amen. Like Dave said, um, water is all around us, and God gives us these very intentional illustrations of things we do understand to, to relate them to spiritual truths that are hard for us. And so... When I started thinking about rain, I've actually gotten more and more excited about it um, because where the scriptures start, rain isn't. Um, At the beginning of scripture, when God creates the earth, there is no rain. I don't know if you knew that or not. Genesis 2, we're going to go there. It says, when the Lord made the earth and the heavens, there was no shrub in the fields yet. Um, They hadn't appeared on the earth. Um, No plant had sprung up yet. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no man to work the ground, but streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Okay? So when God created the earth, and he goes on to say that there is, there's an underground sort of watering system and a mist that would rise up, okay? And, and then there is talk of a canopy of water. Okay, now there's tons of debate about how long that, that lasted, but... Um, let me say this, when God created the earth, there was no rain. And then he creates man, and it says he plants a garden, and, and that this underground watering system stays. And I find it interesting that in the garden, you see Dave, when he was talking, he said that we're not meant for separation. We're not meant for this. We're not meant to love and then to die and be separated. In fact, when God made Adam and Eve before sin, I don't know exactly how it would have played out, but, but there wasn't death. There was no death. That's what came with sin, is the knowledge of death. In fact, what Adam and Eve did is when they sinned against God, you remember what happened? They, they hid themselves. They made clothes the best they could out of the leaves, and they hid, and God came in the evening because, you see, before sin, there, there was no separation. They had perfect unity with God. Okay? You and I can't imagine exactly what that would be like, but it says they walked with him face to face in the cool of the evening, and there was no separation between God and people. 
And then they sinned and they hid themselves. They covered themselves up. That's why no matter how casual we are, we aren't here naked because of shame, right? None of us walks around that way because of shame. There, they were naked and unashamed because they did not have sin. And as soon as they sinned, they covered themselves up. God comes down and they're hiding. They're even further separated from him, right? They're even further separated from God and they're hiding and he finds them and it finally comes out and he says, okay, this is the consequence. This is what death looks like. This is what the end of your time here in Eden looks like. And by the way, I have to make you close. And God kills for the first time. God kills an animal that he made and death happens and he makes clothes out of a skin of an animal. And they start wearing leather around. Because death is the outcome of sin. And what's interesting is before that, there's no need for rain. There's no need for it. Because there is no separation. In fact, you go forward uh, five chapters to Genesis 7. We're not going to get deep into this. But what happens is God comes all the way to the place where he says, Man, these people are so rebellious. They don't... They don't even think of me. They go their own way. I'm sorry I made them. And, and you've, you've heard of and you've read of the story of Noah. And he says, there's one man and he picks one man and he says, I'm going to save you and your family and uh, each of these kind of animals. We're going to put them in a boat and rain comes for the first time. And rain completely devastates the whole earth. The whole earth is flooded with water that comes up from this underwater sprinkling system, water that comes out from the heavens and rains for 40 days. And the whole earth is flooded. First time that rain comes, it comes like that. Does that sound like the kind of rain we want? No, it doesn't. So that's the first time rain is introduced in God's word. And so you can have way too much rain and it comes in terms of this punishment. God says, I wish I never did this. And then God makes a covenant with Noah. As the water recedes, he says this. He says, what I want for you is that you would multiply and fill the earth. And there's a couple of things that happen new. It's the first covenant that God makes with man. It's called the Noahic covenant because of Noah. And he says this. He says, first of all, multiply and fill the earth. Secondly, he said, guess what? Now you're going to have fear and dread between you and animals. Up until that point, even after the curse, there wasn't fear and dread between animal and men. Okay, that's why when a deer sees you coming, it goes running. Because of that moment. God says, now that changes. And, by the way, um, people went from being vegetarians to being omnivores. He said, now you can eat meat. Okay, so you guys who are vegetarians, you're like, I knew it. I knew we were right. It was better to be vegetarian. And those of you who like steak, you're like, I knew it. I knew God commanded us to eat meat. You're both right, okay? (laughs) This is the stuff that happened right after the flood, okay? And God makes that covenant. And what he says, and get this, he used rain to come down, all right? Basically reset the entire order of man and animal. And he, he says, now... I'm going to continue to rain. When rain comes on the clouds, you will see a rainbow. And it will be a sign to me and to you that I will never do this again to the earth. I will never literally curse the earth again because of people's sin. Okay? It's a covenant that he makes. It stands till today. Now, here's what happens. 
Go from there, a few hundred years, Abraham is chosen by God. There's a, a guy that you've heard of. He's the father of, of both the Jewish nation and the Islamic nation. Okay? And Abraham was called to be the father of the Jewish nation, but in his sin, he created, um, in his sin, he created another son, which Ishmael became the, the father of the Islamic nation. Those two nations came from Abraham. God makes a covenant with Abraham and, and he says, I am going to commit myself to you. And that goes on. And the people of Israel are eventually given a law, right? They're given the law. Um, Galatians says that we are given the law to be a school teacher. What is a school teacher trying to teach us? The law was to prove that we couldn't do it and that we needed the grace of God. Okay? All right? We're going rain all the way through here. In Deuteronomy, as they're giving the law, Deuteronomy says this. Deuteronomy chapter 11 says this. The law, God gave the law to his people so that they would have a soft heart towards him. Deuteronomy chapter 11 are we there yet? There we go. If you carefully obey all of the commands that I'm giving you today, and if you love the Lord God and serve him with all your soul and heart, okay, then he will send the rains in their proper season, the early and the late rains, so that you can bring in the harvest of grain, new wine, and olive oil. And he will give you lush pastured land for your livestock for you yourselves will have all you want to eat. God sets up this arrangement. He says, keep your heart soft to me and I will send rain. And in that rain, you'll have fields and plenty and animals. And so what the people did is they said, well, this is fantastic. God, we want to keep our heart soft towards you. We want to obey you. And, and they pursued him in the law. And what happens, because this is what always happens with law, is that you always break it. Right? Anytime a law comes, you break it. Remember, what was the law given to do? The law was given to prove that you needed forgiveness because you can't keep the law. Get it? So God, God says, okay, um, do this and keep your heart soft towards me because in the law included forgiveness and repentance. How to, how to repent. But what they did is they started to get lush fields because the rain came. What happens when rain comes and you keep planting and you keep having animals? You get richer and richer and more and more lush, okay? And what happens? The rain comes and, and they start being really confident in their farming skills and they become really distant from the Lord because it's a long ways back there that that happened and somehow the busier I get and the, the more confident I get and the, the more blessed I am, the farther I seem to get away from this person who gave it to me. Like when somebody gives you a gift, right? Somebody gives you a gift like you're like, this is amazing. You didn't have to do this. And this isn't really mine. This is yours. Thank you so much. Somebody gives you a brand new car. You're head over heels, just thrilled with the gift, right? But in a couple years, whose car is it? Mine. I can't, what's that guy's name again? Oh yeah. Well, you know, I got this a couple years ago. And the story goes from being overwhelmed with this amazing gift to say, hey, it's mine. And don't we do that as people? And the people come all the way over here and guess what happens? God turns the sprinklers off. And he says he's going to do it. He turns off the sprinklers and, and he drives people to their knees because they forget. They forget who the rain comes from. They forget who loves them, who called them, who blesses them. And so drive down to your knees and repent and you get all the way back here. Oh God, thank you. Because God says, if you do this and you repent and you're soft hearted towards me, I will send rain. And he sends the rain. Oh God, thank you. Thank you. And the, the cycle continues. And here's why I don't have to say it anymore, because you know the cycle. 
Because you live the cycle. I guarantee you live the cycle. You live the cycle either in your finances or in your relationships or you live the cycle in your diet plan or you live the cycle in your commitment to one thing or the other or you live the cycle in your commitment to treating your kids the way you want to treat them and, and you end up in a different place or, or you live the cycle spiritually and you you're really close to God and you're so grateful for what he's done and, and then somehow you just seem to forget him and, and the next thing you know, everything's wrong and God, what the heck is this? It's the outcome of the way you've gone. And so God wants us to be people who receive rain. Let me ask you, um, does anybody remember what year the big flood was through uh, Salt Lake City where like people were boating down the streets? 83, 1983, cool. And... Um, there was a lot of water here in 1983, wasn't there? Does it matter this year that there was a lot of water here in 1983? Okay, let me ask you a question. When, uh, have, you ever seen, um, have you ever seen like really dry land, like desert land, and tons of water floods in? It, what happens? It like, it like disappears immediately, right? Like it pushes stuff over and there's a torrent and push stuff over and um, does it come back amazing pasture land? What is it very shortly? Is it, well, it's mud, and then very quickly it's desert again, right? You see, um, rain is different than flood. Like, a lot of us, a lot of us want to, like, latch on to a fire hose now and again. Some of us kind of treat even Sundays like that. Like, we're like, man, I'm going to go in and... And I'm going to get this from God. And sometimes it feels like a fire hose, right? And you just want out, right? And sometimes it just feels like a big, huge barrel of great water. And I love that. And, but man, it goes away quick. And God, rain is different. Here's what God says um, in uh, what he said there in Deuteronomy 11 is the exact same thing he says in Deuteronomy 32. He says, receive my teaching like rain. In, in uh, Deuteronomy 32, he says this. He says, listen, you heavens, and I will speak. Hear, you earth, the words of my mouth. Let my teaching fall like rain and my words descend like dew, like showers on new grass, like abundant rain on tender plants. He wants us to receive his word regularly. I want to talk a little bit about that. Because what we're supposed to do is to receive the rain so that we stay soft. See, it doesn't matter that there was a flood here before. That doesn't help us out. It doesn't matter that two years ago we had more snow than ever before on our mountains. Our mountains are not dripping with snow. There's no runoff. It's gone. We need regular rain. You need regular rain. I need regular rain. We don't need a fire hose once a week. We need regular rain. So how do we get it? Uh, Hebrews 6 says the exact same thing. Um, Hebrews 6 says this, when the ground soaks up the falling rain and bears a good crop for the farmer, it has God's blessing, okay? Verse 8 says there's a farm right next to it that receives the same, but it grows a different thing, and it's not worth anything, okay? It's the same thing. Remember a couple months ago, we talked about dirt. We talked about the parable of the soils, and this is what, this is what Jesus said in Luke 8. It's exactly the same, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble, receiving, good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. So what I want to talk about, hearing the word, receiving it, and persevering, okay? It's not new, but it's exactly what God is doing with rain. He wants to regularly 
rain down in the right season his word, his life to us. Okay? Uh, like, like we said, you can hear involuntarily. A flood can come in and there's plenty of water, right? You can hear involuntarily. But what God wants is, a, is us to hear regularly. Imagine with me that you were a follower. You might not be a follower of Jesus. Imagine with me that you were a follower of Jesus and, and that you wanted to pursue him and you wanted to hear from him. Let's just pick, uh, let's just pick uh, the idea of one verse. Okay, let's say I took one verse and I said, God, I want to, uh, I want to hear from you. In fact, put that, um, put that last verse up there. Any verse will work. Okay, let's say, God, I really want to hear from you. Okay, and I put a verse up there and I said, okay, God, I'm going to spend 15 minutes just, I'm just going to sit with this verse and receive from it. I, I don't want to just hear it in one ear out of the other. I want to receive. Okay, and, and I sit and I say, God, okay, um, Go, go back to seven. Okay. When the ground soaks up the falling rain and bears a good crop for the farmer, it has God's blessing. Okay, God, I want to have your blessing. What does this mean? Read it again. Um, God, who's the ground in this story? And I receive it. God, what does it look like to soak up your rain? How does the rain fall? God, what's a good crop? God, who's the farmer? Are you the farmer? Am I the farmer? Who's the farmer? I read the verse before. I read the verse after. Has God's blessing. God, what does it look like to be blessed? And I spent 15 minutes intentionally asking God about his word. You know, if I spent 15 minutes doing that, I would, let's say I did it five days a week, just on the weekdays, 275 verses by the end of the year, I would take deeply into me. Would you be watered better than you're watered now? Maybe. What if I took another 15 minutes and I persevered? What if I said, God, I want to persevere in that. I want, I want to do that. I, God, would you help me to be a blessing? Would you help me today to drink in your word? And maybe I write it on my hand. Maybe I write it on a paper. God, help me to, what does it mean for me to drink that in? I want to drink because I want to be a blessing today. What, what if I spent 15 minutes asking God to do that in me? Do you think I'd be more well-watered than I am today? Probably. You see, rain is supposed to be regular and in season. God doesn't want to hit us with a flood. God doesn't want us. He doesn't want the Israelites to go towards drought. But if we insist, we can go that way. And it will only take that great buckling of our knees to come back and say, God, forgive us. And he will rain on us again. My encouragement to you and I is today, let's buckle our knees and say, God, rain on me. I want to tell you, I had a great privilege to spend a couple hours with Paula the day before she died and went home to be with the Lord. And I want to just tell you, like... I know you've been with people who are dying, right? And they're wilting away in front of you physically. And that woman is like many other I've known who are so well watered in Jesus. So well watered. So strong in her faith and hope in him alone. No matter what's going on on the outside. And I want to tell you that doesn't happen with a flood. That doesn't happen on autopilot. 
you have to regularly put yourself in the way of his reign. Say, God, reign your word on me. Man, that I would be committed to you, that I would receive from you. I'm going to pray for us. God, thank you for the privilege of receiving from you. God, would you rain down on us, we pray. And would you help us to receive and persevere in your truth. In Jesus' name, amen.